Hey, welcome to the Upland Nation podcast. Hope you're doing well. And uh, well, if you're not out yet, you better be real soon. I mean, it's the opening day celebration here. So where are you going? We're going to talk a little bit about my favorite public access wild bird states. I'll tell you where to go and why I go there. We'll have some news for the next campfire discussion and a pheasant forecast from Nebraska. We'll also talk about what's new at Roughland Kennels and get some advice on, well, some exciting new products that you might want to pay attention to and how to transport your dog slightly more safely. And I am trying to be diplomatic about that. So you know who I'm talking to if you're not doing it already. Plus that new fun feature, you could win yourself a Pete boot dryer this month in the Upland Nation Puzzler. It's all made possible by Roughland Performance Kennels, Happy Jack Dog Care Products here on South Dakota's Ringneck Nation, and my good friends at Dr. Tim's Natural Performance Dog Food. Have you been to the Patreon page yet? It's new, and uh, there's only one choice for a support level. I call it Premium Outfitter, and it gets you a whole bunch of access of various sorts. So learn more at patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash Upland Nation. Thank you for taking a look. This part of the podcast is brought to you by Sage and Breaker, gun care products crafted at the highest caliber. Get on the mailing list. You won't miss out on all the new stuff. Before everybody else hears about it, you will at Sage and breaker.com in my truck right now among other products clp it's a squirt bottle a spray bottle if you will uh, that will clean lube and protect your gun pretty simple you just run one of their cleaners through and then you spray this stuff all over your gun inside and out takes care of all sorts of problems including making your dog your dog your gun less of a magnet for all the dust in the air on most of the hunts i go on in chucker country and our other friends are from huron south dakota hunt huronsd.com get there if you are planning a south dakota hunt these folks are friendly glad to see you helpful in so many ways including helping you find one or more of the 140,000 acres of public access, everything from walk-in hunting to CRP to wildlife refuges. They're all there. Learn more and get a free hunting information packet at Hunt Huron SD. All right, let's talk hunting. What a concept. The Upland Nation podcast, all about hunting. The Uplands. This has been a question I've gotten over and over again. Anytime I'm sitting in a booth signing books or giving a talk or whatever it is. And a recent example of that drove home how important it is for all of us to have unbiased boots on the ground advice if we're looking for new bird hunting spots. So I asked myself this question as if I were you. If you had to hunt in just one state, which one would you choose? All right, I chose the coward's way out, and I admit it. 
I can't choose a favorite wire hair from the five I've owned. Uh, you can't choose your favorite child from the several that you might have. So I'll narrow it down to four. All with their own unique attributes and attractions. So here are my caveats. It depends on the species you want to target. It de depends to a great degree on what kind of shape you're in, what kind of dog you have, what you want to do when you're not hunting. And my list is limited to the places I've been to often enough to, to, to offer you a fair opinion. So if you disagree, love to hear why, because maybe I ought to go there too. So tell me where to go. No, I mean, in that regard, where to go hunting. And I'll tell you as well. Let's start with uh, one of the places I've been to already this season, Montana. High on my list for most of the above criteria, including, hey, a new brew pub in Lewistown. It's where to hunt birds if you want the general all-inclusive answer. They got a great walk-in program, well-managed and high-quality land in most cases. Yeah, lots of public ground and some of my favorite species, sharp-tailed grouse, huns, and sagegrass. I love the prairies. I love the open country. They also have pheasants. And then if you're in the western part of the state, climb a little bit and find some of the forest grouse as well. There are incredible views from the Rockies to all the smaller ranges that surround many of the places we hunt. You could stand on a flat spot, as I've said, and look out and see two, three, maybe four different small mountain ranges. There's also that Old West heritage and a generally conservative political bent, so you're going to be welcome just about anywhere when you got dogs in the truck, guns on the rack, and blaze orange on your head. If you're a flushing dog owner, it may not be the best choice. Those big open prairies in most cases could be a challenge. You gotta cover a lot of ground and you gotta wait for your dogs to hold those birds until you can catch up. Now, if you listen to my podcast with Tim Linehan, he's a guide in Western Montana. He runs cockers on the forest grouse and has a wonderful time. Pair them up with some pointers and even on the prairies, they might be worth a look. The cover is thinner than in most pheasant states, so you might get lucky. You might like that kind of walk-in. It is a little bit easier to get around in, but ditto for the birds themselves. They'll skulk away a lot more. They won't sit as tight because that cover is not as thick. As I mentioned, new brewery in Lewistown, virtually every major town has a craft brewery, and if you're looking for something else to do, again, there's trout streams galore, depending on where you are and how hard you want to hunt and what else you want to do in your free time. Last time I was there, enjoyed a nice chat with Hank Jr. You never know who you're going to run into, especially over there in Big Timber, for example. But that means there's a lot of folks from out of state who are souring the locals on visitors. Anyway, Montana, right up there at the top. Before you ask, yes, South Dakota is on my list, especially if pheasants are the target. You know about my affinity for Huron, South Dakota. Well, all the things that I love about South Dakota happen in Huron. 
a very extensive, wide-ranging, and large number of acres in their walk-in hunting program, and that may be the best reason. The fish and game folks could be a little bit more forthcoming with their pheasant population forecasts. If you follow that, you know they just, frankly, quit doing it. And even when they were, it might have been a little bit suspect. You know how figures lie and liars figure, but that's a story for another podcast. This state appreciates the economic developments of bird hunting like no other state. If you don't feel welcome in South Dakota, man, you must be carrying a Biden sticker on the bumper of your truck. Again, sorry about that. Another subject for another podcast. Now, they've got some wacky agreement, uh, not agreements, arrangements with their licensing for non-residents. You buy a 10-day license with two five-day periods, etc. But it's a mecca for pheasant hunters, so don't let that put you off. And remember, a bad hatch in South Dakota is better than all the good hatches everywhere else put together. Got a flushing dog, especially a big, broad-shouldered lab. South Dakota is the place to be. So many of those rank CRP plots or sloughs are full of birds and hard to get to. And if your pointing dog is locked up in one of those places, you may not even find him. I'll never forget Manny back in the day, locked up in a cattail slough that was so thick, I used my GPS. It told me he was right next to me and I still couldn't see him. I had to hit the beeper before I found him. And even then, it didn't turn out right. <laughs> he was pointing a raccoon. He did find a few pheasants on that trip, so I'm not putting that off to any problems on his part. But you'll encounter farm country hospitality and small-town friendliness even in the biggest cities. You land in Sioux Falls, South Dakota on opening weekend, and it's like a homecoming of orange that's all i can tell you it is like a it's like a high school reunion and the easiest walk-in hunting program in the state in the states so if you're looking for um a lot of pheasants and maybe a few sharp tails south dakota might be your cup of tea but if you watch the Wing Shooting USA television program, you know there's a couple other states, well, at least one other that takes center stage quite often, and that's Kansas. Well-managed, lots of acreage again, lots of wild birds, and um, better weather. Yeah, late in the season in Kansas is like early in the season almost everywhere else. And nowhere else in the world is there literally a dodge city with that wild west heritage and the joy of discovery western kansas in particular for wild birds and wild country you cannot beat it some of the small towns out there from osborne to um dodge city uh goodland uh, all these places where the governor hunt takes place are worth a look and if that's how you start your search you won't go wrong there's over a million and a half acres of walk-in and public ground, and then a whole bunch of private stuff you might get permission to hunt as well. Uh, 
Now, they aren't quite as gaga over um, visiting hunters in, in one way, at least. They don't have the infrastructure that some do. For example, in Osborne, there's one hotel. Lots of camping, lots of RV parks and things like that. But they have had really strong bird reproduction in the last few years. Thanks in large part to their more southerly location and milder winters. An intriguing mix of habitats and species. So if you want a a ringneck bobwhite combination or if you're looking for prairie chickens, it's another thing that you might be able to chase there depending on the year and depending on where you are in the state. Every hunt can be a journey of discovery. And cheapskates like me, hey, bungle up enough for the non-resident license price and you get a 365-day life out of it. So hunt late season, year one, come back and hunt the early season on the same license the next year. Any other reasons to go to Kansas? A four-bird pheasant limit. And as I said, you'll be wearing shirt sleeves when they're shivering in the Dakotas. Okay, finally, um, and please, be Be careful about all of these places. Um, Number one, you are a guest. Act like it. Show people the the upside, the positive aspects of visiting hunters instead of the other stuff that we all curse about or worse. Chucker hunting. Everybody's intrigued. And I mean real chuckers, not the stuff you buy at the game farm and they put out you have to kick up, but the real deal. The ones that are only a few generations removed from that crazy bird that inhabits the foothills of the Himalayas. No matter where you live, there's a chance that you want to try this incredible hunting. And if you do, set your sights on Nevada. Now, I'm not going to give you the latitude and longitude of my favorite places, but if I had to take somebody somewhere for a million-dollar bounty on a chucker, we'd go to Nevada, the Silver State, and we'd probably focus on Northeast Nevada. Take a look at the map. You'll find the Great Basin and Range country that uh, consists of of most of uh, the, the land that is north of Reno and east of the California border, all the way to the Idaho border, for that matter. Scabby, rocky, vertical, and most of it public. People look at that land and they think, my God, it is desolate. And that's exactly why there are so many chuckers there. It's hard to get to. It's hard to hunt. It's scary and it is life-threatening. Everything out there will scratch, bite, sting, or eat you after you've fallen off a cliff. So be careful, be prepared, hunt in a pair or more, and then head out for that darkest spot in the lower 48. Watch for coyotes, mountain lions, range cattle, and amongst all of them, you might find some chuckers. Plan on being self-sufficient to a large degree. Fill your gas tank and grocery list every time you have the opportunity. It's desert, it's backcountry, it is flyover land. So Prepare yourself physically as well. Get in shape. Most of the hunting will be on unlevel ground. Most of the time you'll be climbing uphill. Most of the time you'll be shooting while you're falling downhill. But cheapskates rejoice. 
they have a non-resident license scheme that I've not seen in many other states. You can buy three days, and then if you want to stay another day, you just add one more day to that license and pay proportionally for that. It is an incredible way to explore the Silver State, Nevada. Okay. When you're tired of chasing chuckers, the bonus in Nevada could be valley quail on the level stuff at the bottom of those chucker hills, especially if there's water nearby. Now, if you're planning a kind of a twofer and going to Reno or Vegas for, um, for the glitz and glamour, the neon and the magic shows, you're going to have to drive a ways to get to the chucker country, but it might be worth it. And especially if you're traveling from farther east, it's worth the effort. Yeah, all of that stuff, it all counts. It's all worth a look. It's all going to be on a piece that I'll put in finebirdhuntingspots.com. So if you want all the details and you want some links, that's where I'll put them. In the meanwhile, that's my four, and we've got more to come on the Upland Nation podcast. We're going to talk about dog boxes. Performance kennels is the term I like to use. I got some news. I got that Upland Nation puzzler question and a prize, and it's all brought to you by happyjackinc.com, happyjackinc.com. Yeah, it's hunting season. Your dogs are rubbing elbows with a lot of other dogs and might have fleas or worse. So take a look at all the ways to prevent that at happyjackinc.com. From DD33, the spray that I use every time we're hunting with another dog or in a place where there might be fleas or ticks, to the flea beacon, the simple non-toxic way to get rid of those little critters in your home without having to worry about anybody putting anything poisonous in their mouth or touching things that they shouldn't touch. It's all at happyjackinc.com. And welcome back to the Upland Nation podcast. I'm Scott Linden here on your left speaker. In the right speaker, we fit two people into it right now. From, do I say T or Tay? You can correct me in a moment. Alisa <laughs> Turner and Pete Storgard from uh, our sponsor, Roughland Performance Kennels. Welcome to both of you. Alisa, how you doing? Great. Thanks so much for having me, Scott. And Pete, you can steer me straight. Is it? Tia or Tay or T or how do it's I say T? Just 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 like uh, you know we would say it anyway, uh, which is somewhere in South Dakota, kind of this side of uh, Sioux Falls, if I recall. Um, I drove past it once. Most of the time, I'm I'm over at Doug's place uh, in that other yeah. town. But anyway, glad to have you with us. Well, uh, this uh, Alisa, what's new over there at Roughland? Well, other than our back orders, <laughs> we've obviously, yeah, obviously with the economy and everything, you know, we've, we've had some struggles this year in meeting the demands of our consumers. But we are making progress, and we have a lot of things in place that are going to get us caught up and far exceed everybody's hopes and dreams for next year. Okay, well, uh, if you told me more about that, you'd probably have to kill me, so I won't ask for details yeah. yet. But if everybody wants to know more, um, what's the website address that works best for you folks? 
You bet. It's www.rufflandkennels.com. And I tell everybody every week, rough like your dog would spell it, R-U-F-F. Thank you, yes. Land Kennels. um, And uh, uh, just eager to see what's new on the menu over there. Pete, maybe you can give us a quick rundown on on kind of the new stuff that you guys have. There's a wide array, so uh, I, I won't penalize you if you forget something. <laughs> so one of my favorite things we got going here is the backseat rider. Uh, personally, I have a F-150. I can fit four of them in the backseat of my pickup. So when I have friends go hunting with me, we can throw all, all of our dogs in the pickup and not worry about them. I love it. Uh, why don't you describe what that is? I'm intrigued, of course, because I have a backseat too. So, <laughs> <laughs> so our backseat rider is four inches shorter than our regular intermediate kennel. And with that four inches, it gives you the room in the backseat to put them back to back. Oh, so, so, so literally what you're saying is finally somebody has figured out that a lot of us would rather have our dog closer to us than farther from us. Now you can take two of your kennels, Point a door at each of your truck doors and put two of them back there. Yes. I love it. That, and actually with my F-150, I can stack two on top of those other two. So wow, I can fit four in the back of mine. You know, you, the, that is right up there with peanut butter as one of those inventions that I wish I'd thought of. So uh, <laughs> good on you. And, and did that cr- come from uh, from uh, customer input, your own input? You own a German wire hair. I mean, where did where do you come up with ideas like these, Alisa? Yeah, we have a lot of contacts, obviously, in the hunting world and outdoor world. And like you said, people want to keep their dogs in the truck bed, whether I mean in the back seat, whether it's uh, for weather or keeping them closer to you and then with that seat put up you can have multiples in there like pete mentioned so it kind of just came we listen to our our consumers um they give us suggestions a lot of our greatest ideas come from them so well it's nice to know somebody's actually listening to us when we talk about that sort of thing what about your design philosophy overall i mean there's there's a lot of kennels out there but you guys were you know right in that you were on the cutting edge before there was a cutting edge everybody else was making the same old stuff what what kind of guides you folks in that regard well you know we were the original one-piece roto-molded kennel and obviously there have been other brands that have come on the market since then but we really feel like we have that niche where we have a quality product at a great price point and it's proven itself over the last well i think we're into our 11th year with the kennels wow you know it's funny and you're exactly right you haven't become the kleenex of kennel of performance kennels yet but there was a post on one of my Facebook pages a few days ago and somebody in the comments asked, well, well, who built that kennel there? And somebody said, well, it's probably a Roughland performance kennel. And I'm thinking, well, yeah, I know it's not, but that's pretty good. You know, (laughs) (laughs) we'll take it. Yes, indeed. We'll do, you know, we'll, we're training them now every day. And and I, I like to be a part of that. So send me a liver treat along with the next box you send me for for being such a good boy um 
boy. You know, one of the things you've done that nobody that I know of has done in, in the performance kennel world is, is add some color variation. I mean, life is boring sometimes and all of a sudden it's not anymore. Where'd that come from, Pete? Uh, we just listened to our customers. They wanted some other options and we wanted to give it to them. So did you have a contest and pick out the colors or is, I mean, there's got to be some availability questions in that regard too. You probably can't get mauve or puce. Yeah, it, listening to the customers and then we did kind of put out originally when one of our most popular colors, we call it our Malibu. Um, most people refer to it as teal. But we did put out a, a few different color swatches of it and say, hey, what would your favorite one of this one be? Um, I think our very first color variation, uh, other than the, you know, for the hunters, the orange and the upland guys with the tan, and um, we had the pink for uh, cancer awareness in October. And then, like you said, Scott, you want to provide variety to your consumers. And as our customer base expanded out from just being males and now I would say it's about 50-50 I know what women want I want a colorful pretty kennel <laughs> that's going to keep my my girls safe in the car with me there you go and uh, it, it, it works I'll tell you and it's funny because I, I used to do a little bit of consulting in the ski business and uh, you know I asked somebody in, in a really big company one day I said you know you know, every year you come out with new stuff, but really what it is, is not new stuff. It's just a different color. And they said, yeah, mm -hmm. people are always looking for something new and that's the way to do it. So, um, keep up, keep up the good work. Let's, let's switch gears just for a moment because, um, we see it all in the bird hunting world. We see people using kennels. We see people letting their dogs roam free in the back of their open pickup there are some general tried and true rules about what to do with a kennel, how to introduce a dog, how to secure it, that sort of thing. Pete, why don't you take the first crack at this? You're a bird dog owner yourself. <laughs> how, how do you use your kennel correctly so we all will as well? You know, I honestly, I start from the time I pick up the pup. Uh, all the time, my dog's in the crate. Uh, potty training. Um, just in the pickup so he's safe. I, I don't have to worry about if I get an accident getting hit and him flying out of the vehicle or anything, he's safe in that crate. And you don't want to use it as a punishment. Yeah. <clears throat> you use it. I mean, if I say kennel, my dog will run 100 yards and jump in his kennel because he knows he's going somewhere, he's doing something, he's excited about it. So you try to keep him excited about it, and it's not a punishment. It's a, it's a reward. They're going to go somewhere. They're going to do something. They're going to enjoy what's coming i just mentioned to somebody that um an easy way oh, i was writing an article for somebody and I, I wrote something like um you want to make your dog happy to be in the kennel feed him there yeah works yep. works Treat. for us i started with my with my pups too just getting them used to it right away i actually never owned dogs until i was working here i never really was a dog lover it took me about eight years of working here, and now I have two of the sweetest uh, dogs you could ever hope for. Oh. And looking at them and knowing, you know, you could ride around with them in your car. One of them's a tiny little fluffy thing, but I put them in a kennel, even when they're riding. And I know a lot of people want them riding on their laps or whatever, but honestly, any kind of a collision and your dog's a projectile. 
Yeah, and all you got to do is learn that the hard way, and hopefully not the really hard way, but hard enough way. <laughs> that I'm gonna, I just invented that phrase, by the way. So, um, uh, and and we've all been there. And I'll tell you again, compliments on the backseat rider. That solves the emotional problem we have with putting our dogs way back there in the pickup so thanks for that as well um what what about securing it in some way um uh, we need to you know instead of the dog being the projectile if it's if he's in a kennel the whole thing's a projectile unless we do something right yep so with our crates we have uh tie down kits we sell with them that with our inserts uh, molded right into the kennel so they don't come out um, I recommend four straps uh, coming off of each corner of your kennel just in case something happens. I mean, one of them could break. You still yeah. got three of them there. Um, I, you know, some people do put two straps across it. I do not recommend that. I would put four just in case you have that one break. You still got three there. Uh, it's I think of as a car seat for a kid. You want that kid in there, and you don't. I mean, it, you want it in there tight so it's not going to go anywhere. Pete, are you wearing a belt and suspenders right now? Uh, just a belt. <laughs> I should have my overall. Wow. Yeah, there you go. See, because that's, that's my idea of security. Yeah. You're doing it right. <laughs> oh, shucks. Well, um, with that, though, too, Dad, yeah. I could add something. That is one of the most heartwarming reasons why I am still working here because I believe in our product and the testimonials we get from our customers and dealers that it has saved the life of their dog and actually their life in one instance where the car had a collapsed roof but our kennel stopped it from coming down on her. Yeah. Yeah, and it's funny, many, many years ago, I remember watching a video by somebody else, another friend of mine in a related business. They tried their best to destroy your kennel, and they could not. And it, it was mind-boggling to watch. This before every, this before Yeti was trying that stuff. <laughs> so um, it, it does work, and I'm a big believer. You know, if you had to leave us with one more uh bit of advice about using a performance kennel the right way with a bird dog either of you have anything else you'd want to suggest for us i think just to keep them also hydrated and ventilated we have options for customizing the crates with ventilation um, amazing fans that we offer just really making it a, a safe fun place for your dog well, there you have it, uh, Pete Storgard and Elisa Turner of Roughland Performance Kennels. Take a look at all their stuff, including the cool colors, at R-U-F-F-L-A-N-D-Kennels.com. If you need to know how to spell kennels, man, you're in the wrong business. So uh, <laughs> visit them, learn more about what they're doing and why they're doing it. Elisa, Pete, great to talk with you. Thanks for being a part of the Upland Nation podcast. Thanks for having us, Scott. Thanks, Scott. Got a lot more to talk about here, including our Upland Nation puzzler. Could win you a peat boot dryer. But first, a little bit of news, information. Uh, some of it's news, some of it's information, but always stuff that's worth talking about at your next uh, campfire, for example. First off, uh, maybe you don't recognize the name Lee Kios. He's a photographer and 
communicator in our world who's done a little bit of research that kind of scares the heck out of me. It's focused on wild fowl, you know, so waterfowl, if you will, ducks in particular. And he has some alarming information that's backed up by a bunch of studies and a bunch of anecdotal information. And let's hope this is taken to heart by everybody who carries a shotgun afield. The upshot, pardon the pun, shoot better. Use good ammo and shoot better. A lot of people are blaming their crippled ducks on steel shot. Okay, shoot closer targets. Don't take those sky-busting shots because according to Lee's uh, research, three out of every 10 ducks are crippled, not recovered. At that rate, over 9.7 million ducks shot last year. Almost 3 million of them were lost. Yow. Okay, go out, practice a little bit more, especially if you're using non-toxic shot. Please, for everybody's benefit, it's the last thing we need. Pretty bad public relations. All right, some uh, relatively good news from Nebraska on their pheasant counts. Now, the bad part of this, the downside is their rural mail carrier survey. Yeah, that's right. That's how they count birds out there. The postman. They conducted that survey in July, and they figured about a 14% decline in the pheasant numbers. But a lot of that is kind of affected by the drier conditions. And so they're thinking maybe not so bad. Like everybody else we've talked about on the Upland Nation podcast, emergency haying and grazing uh, through the drought has kind of eliminated a lot of the uh, available public access land, but there's still plenty out there. And by the way, they do have a great open fields and waters program. So learn more there, but uh, keep your expectations on the on the low side of good. And finally, in the news and information world, uh, you've all heard about it, probably. Maybe you haven't taken advantage of it. The season's just starting, but the um, Fish and Wildlife Service has opened or expanded hunting opportunities to another 2.1 million acres of their real estate, which is your real estate. And as you well know, most of that land is bought by duck stamps. So if you're buying a duck stamp, hey, come on down. And even if you aren't a waterfowl hunter, you can access all sorts of upland opportunities there as well. 88 National Wildlife Refuges and one National Fitch Hatchery where you can now hunt. That makes the total 434 National Wildlife Refuge System properties where you can go out toting a shotgun. Hope you will, too. All right. If you haven't experienced the... Okay, it's a little pleasure, but it is one of those wonderful feelings. Not as good as being woken up by your dog licking your cheek, but almost putting on a pair of nice, dry, warm boots. Win a Pete boot dryer just by answering this question. It's this week's Upland Nation Puzzler. At the end of the month, from all of the correct entries, I will pick somebody at random, and they'll be keeping warm and dry on every hunt with a peat boot dryer. Message me on Facebook with your answer. What game bird is nicknamed Ditch Parrot? 
If you got that answer, drop me a message on Facebook. And by the way, I'm compiling a list of all of those kind of fun names. So if you have any others, feel free to suggest those as well. What game bird is nicknamed Ditch Parrot? Talk to me on Facebook about that and make it a private message. We don't need to spill the beans to all the other people who are still trying to figure it out. Hey, this part of the Upland Nation podcast is brought to you by Dr. Tim's Natural Performance Dog Food. It's what I feed to Flick. And boy, is he doing well. All muscle. I was looking at him. He comes up and he stretches against me. Maybe your German dogs do as well. He'll just kind of push against me. And I was admiring his, uh, I don't know what to call it, besides level of fitness, his incredible musculature, if nothing else. That's from the right balance of fats, proteins, and carbohydrates, and especially the fats. They got to come from the right sources, and Dr. Tim has figured out how to mix animal sources and marine sources in the way that benefits your performance dog. Free delivery and a 30% discount on your first order. Just use the code UplandNation at D-R-T-I-M-S dot com got a new article at findbirdhuntingspots.com on uh, rough grouse where to find them how to hunt them take a look findbirdhuntingspots.com and do me a favor and tell one friend about the upland nation podcasts okay do me two favors please rate or review us especially at apple podcasts if that's how you listen we talk every day all day and long into the night at the Upland Nation and the Wing Shooting USA Facebook pages. So come on down and join the discussion. Appreciate that. Take a look at the new patreon.com slash Upland Nation page. If you want to join as a premium member, lots of perks of various sorts there. Patreon.com slash Upland Nation. Thank you to those who already left ratings and reviews, including restore the word appreciate your kind words all of our sponsors as well they keep us going here for the most part (laughs) your support as well i'll leave you with this found on a welcome mat at a home near yours or was it you near mine hey if your dog doesn't like you we probably won't either thanks for listening